So, a uh, few other things. Number one, yes, I am wearing a shirt that has the logo of this current series on it. Um, they came in Friday. This is a very busy weekend. They're supposed to come in Wednesday. So if you really want one of these today, you can't have it. Sorry. You cannot get it today. Um, there was a lot going on yesterday. Birthday party, wedding, and praise the Lord, the Braves are in the World Series. So, that may, I, I was up here last night. And if you were anywhere near the building, you thought, man, we're doing a Saturday night service. There is some shouting going on. I was. I was typing, watching, yelling, cheering. I mean, it was, it was great. It was productive, but it was fun, too. Um, but these will, there's, there's some T-shirts and hoodie uh, with this graphic on it. We don't normally do that, um, but, but I really believe what God's going to do in some hearts during this series will be worth having something that may be a conversation starter. Um, they're really good quality. They're really great. They're comfortable. Um, and they will um, be available in the next few weeks. There's not many, though. It's, it's really a small quantity of T-shirts and hoodies. Um, does not say our church name on it because um, as much as we all love this church, we're about the name of Jesus and conversations we can have about him. Um, so just, you know, if, if, you, if you like it, you'll be able to kind of go to the back. And if you'd like to help kind of as they get distributed and stuff like that, um, and with the cost and stuff, if you want to help out just kind of Connecting people with those, um, just let me know, and I'll be glad to kind of get you connected in. Um, last week, we started this series called Grace That Is Greater. And uh, if, if I, I often say, just as a reminder, yes, we have past sermons online. But um, grace, is a very, we talked about a very simple definition, um, undeserved favor. Um, if we just stop at that definition, we won't understand enough about grace. As we looked at it last week, grace is God's character. It's, it's who he is, so it's always going to be part of what he does. But there's also God's goodness. And, and, and understanding the overflow goodness of God in this world compared to really intentional God-sent and given grace is a big step in our walk with Christ. Because when we understand his grace, we looked at it in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, where it talks about how his grace will exceed expectations. His grace will always exceed expectations. But it'll do that in us, but not just in us, because then that grace is supposed to transform us so that as we live, as we live in Christ and, and we give him glory and give him attention with our actions and conversations and relationships and all those things, then, then the works that come out of us will exceed expectations. In other words, uh, when we're able to offer forgiveness, when we're able to um, live beyond and above guilt and things like that in our lives and brokenness, when, when, when that kind of lifestyle happens and other people see it, we, we, it's not about them looking and knowing us. It's about us pointing to Jesus and, and giving him attention. And when people, when, when people have wronged us, they, 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 should, they expect an attitude back, right? They, they expect some of that stuff. But, but when we're able to live out forgiveness in those situations, and, 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 and man, just grace goes into a million different directions. It exceeds expectations and gives God glory and, and is really used for the kingdom. So, so we looked at that, but we also, as, as, we, as we traveled through all that stuff, we'll, we'll, you remember, if, you, if you've heard it, and if you don't, please, please go back and listen to it, because we did a framework for grace last week that'll help you listen and hear and, and receive and kind of know and understand what we're going to start this week and moving on. Um, that, that last caution was, don't let anyone miss it. Don't miss it yourself, and, and don't, don't let anyone else miss the kind of grace that God wants us to give. Today, we're, gonna, we're not just going to peek in. We're going to try to really get a good grip on this thing called saving grace. Now, if, if you know that you're saved and you know that you belong to the Lord, please don't check out. 
um, because um, I don't know everybody's background. I do know that as I grew up in church, and I mean, I was a church kid, right? Like if it was, if it happened, I was there. And stuff that I, to be honest with you, I really didn't want to go to. And I maybe not have even should have been at, but I just, I was always there. Man, I, I grew up, you know, hearing some loud, angry messages about how you need to get saved. And, and for parts of my life, I, 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 I confused salvation relationship with Jesus with, this thing some people refer to as fire insurance, right? In other words, I don't want to go to hell. I, a whole lot, I like the sound of heaven a whole lot better. So how can I resolve that, right? Like how can I check in and go ahead and check that box and kind of move on with life and kind of just know, kind of have the peace of, 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 of the background fears in my mind? But man, salvation is so much more than that, okay? It's so much more than that. So as we jump into this today, we're going to be in Two chapters in, in, in Ephesians, not through the whole thing, but we're going to be in two chapters, and we're going to end up at the end in Romans. Um, so please, if you have your Bibles, um, follow along in those. Remember, we're, we, have those, uh, we have those Bible highlighters, and somebody asked me for a specific color, um, and I, I'm going to put that out after this service if I can remember that. Um, but those don't bleed through and that kind of stuff because we want to encourage you to, to do that. If you have um, a paper version of the Bible, um, or if you, have, um, if you have a Bible that doesn't turn pages but swipes left and right, um, please track with that all that you can and make notes the best you can and really use that as a life textbook. Um, so we're going we're gonna to read first in Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and, and the reason we're going to be here, we're gonna, actually, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go Ephesians chapter 2, a few verses, and then we're going to back up into Ephesians 1. If you, um, Ephesians is a great letter, man, it was written to it covered everybody. Like it, it was white collar, blue collar folks. I mean, it was it was people that worked shipyards to people that had accounting jobs. I mean, it, it covered a culture that had anybody and everybody in it. But I do want to tell you this: the language in this book isn't trying to draw somebody into the into a relationship with the Lord specifically. It's it's really addressed talking to people that are in that relationship with the Lord already. So um, if you don't know where you stand with God. Hey, you, you're in, I believe you're in the best room you could be in. Um, we want to talk about that. But if, if you know the Lord, I mean, you're going to say, hey, this kind of almost sounds like it was written to me. It, yeah, I mean, in, in a sense, it is. First half of Ephesians, remember, six chapters, first three, really good. Just, okay, let me, get my, let me get my mind and my thoughts straight. Second three chapters, now how do I live my life? It's, it's, it really, and, and, it's, and it's no surprise, I believe, why grace is such a theme in Ephesians, because if we, if we understand grace, then we'll know how to go live grace. All right, so Ephesians 2, I'm starting verse 1. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, I'm going to read the rest of these verses without stopping, but I want to pause there for a second. This is a simple statement about our condition as human beings prior to, to knowing the Lord as Savior. Now, it says you were dead. Now, that's pretty clear, we would think. But we tend, well, I'll say we. I'm not going to group you into that. It's unfair. I tend to want to think a little better of myself than maybe I really am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, we tend to kind of grade, we, we, we kind of tend to grade ourselves a little bit on the curve and, and say, well, you know, I'm, you know, I, I do these things, like, I'm, not, I'm not that bad of a person. I, I, I grew up in church, and, and for a season in life, I really had a, had a prideful, sinful idea that, well, because I'm in this environment, I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm doing a little better than other people. 
Man, that's, that is a, I mean, when you really think through that, like, God had to really break my heart and just make, just make me sick to the thought of that statement to go, how in the world can you see yourself better than anybody else? But it's easy, right, when we look at some of the horrific things that happen around us, close and even far away, it's almost easy to go, well, surely I at least can say that I'm better than, you know, whatever, right? Like, we don't come in the kingdom like a participation trophy, right? When you sign your kids up for sports and they say, you know, everybody's a winner. That's a lie. Everybody's not a winner because we keep score, right? We know everybody's not a winner. And we say, oh, man, everybody's great. No, they're not. I've coached little league sports. Everybody's not great. All my kids aren't great, okay? We don't, we don't, we don't come to the Lord as, hey, you know, we're not that bad. It says we're, we're dead in our sins and trespasses. And just so you know, it, you may say, well, why, why does it have two different references to something that sounds so bad? Okay, trespasses, and it's, it's kind of almost looking at it a little bit, um, um, a little bit flip-flop. So trespasses in the original Greek means specific sinful actions. Sins there really carries this idea of kind of my tendency to sin. So, so it's, when, when I was dead, it wasn't just for specific things I did. It was, it was just the nature in me. It was my tendency to always discover those kind of things and choose those kind of things, right? Let me read on. Um, and you were dead in your uh, trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. Man, we weren't just dead, we were disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. Here's, here's, our, here's, here's our first comment about grace. You are saved by grace. It's, it's that undeserved favor. See, see, I think sometimes we look at salvation and say, Lord, do, do something in my life to keep me from hell. See, that, that's a mercy attitude. God wants us intentionally to see our relationship with him, not just as we don't get what we do deserve, but what we get is everything we don't deserve. Because that's much more of a motivator, right? To, to take the mindset into lifestyle. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages we might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not from works, so that no one can boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Now, we, we've covered in there, if you didn't catch it, um, both parts of grace. It says that we're saved by grace. Um, it, it's, it's everything that we don't deserve, but it not, it's not just what happens in us. It says that we're, we're, we're his workmanship. We're saved in Christ, but then we're created in Christ for good works, so that grace would then explode out of our lives into the lives of others to give witness for Christ. So, so I, I just want to do a quick explanation, because remember we talked about last week, I said, well, I want to use this scale a few times. I don't want to abuse it, but I want to use it. 
we, we, if we're not careful, we'll look at difficult circumstances of life and we'll put them on the, remember we talked about the bathroom scale? And some of y'all really looked happy when I told you the secret to making the number on the bathroom scale go down. Y'all thought it was diet and exercise and I told you just go put it on carpet and it'll soften it, right? And it just drops that number. And some of y'all this week, y'all even, like y'all tucked your shirts in this week coming in. You're like, I, I feel better, I feel thin. Um, but we, we can't just weigh one situation. Because, man, if we weigh one situation, it is too easy to get lost in the severity of the weight of it. It's too much. But what we talked about with grace is, is that those things that are so heavy, it, it's, we, we have to move our focus off of how heavy is this and move it to how does grace exceed expectations? How does it not just equalize it, but how does it take it over in measure and in weight and significance? So I want you to think of it like this. This represents this jar that is dark, this represents what this chapter starts saying, that we are dead in our trespasses and sin. We got to the end of that passage because it talks about all what salvation is, right? It says that we are in Christ, we are alive in him. We, we were dead, but just like he died to sin um, and, and died for our sin, he came back to life and resur- resurrection. Make no mistake, um, we don't enter into salvation. This doesn't get counterweighted and overtaken because of this, which is going to represent just what it says. My good works, my good efforts, the deeds, the conversations, all that I give and do in the name of me, the Lord, whoever. No, no matter what we do, that doesn't change the scale. It just doesn't. Like we, I mean, we could, we could give a million examples, but it just, I mean, it, the, the fact is it just doesn't. But when we start talking about just the work of Christ, what he did alone, without us, I mean, without anything we contribute, that the fact that he representatively paid for our sin, and that satisfied God enough to say, I want to give you new life. I want to work out my purposes in you. I want to make you new. And we're getting ready to talk about what new really looks like. All of a sudden, what happens is everything that, that condemned us and, and was killing us is now completely taken over. In magnitude and significance and identity in every single way. Man, how bad was my sin? Like, how many times did I sin versus what did you sin? See, we get lost in that conversation. We, we look at somebody's lifetime, we man, how, could that, how are they ever going to find the Lord? Look at their sin. Like the testimony of the saved people, that's everybody that's ever received the Lord, is just simply, I had no future, no hope without the grace of Jesus Christ. There's no sin. Like you, you can put anything, come up with the worst of the worst, put them on a list, put them in this jar, this still overcomes it. Sometimes that's hard to wrestle with. That's why God authored it. That's why he designed it. And that's why he didn't put, he, he, he made us a messenger of it, but thank goodness he didn't put me or you in charge of it. So this is Ephesians 1, a little bit of it. And we'll start actually in verse 3. Um, and we're, we've got some new things on, on, on notes this week on the screen. And there's some, there's some kind of cool designs and graphics, but um, my, um, my inability to be super... Uh, on top of exactly how all the newness works. I apologize for whoever's working the computer this morning. I'll just say that. Um, everything, if, if you have to bounce back and forth, it's all on me. It's on nobody else. Okay. Um, this is going to unpack for us what the, 
what salvation, the kind of salvation that exceeds expectations does. Because if we look at this and go, okay, all right, the grace of Jesus has overcome this. So, so, so what, what should salvation look like? In some ways, I, I look at this and go, well, I mean, Lord, if you just told me that, 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 that I have to be perfect the rest of my life, I couldn't even argue with that because you're perfect. If you told me I was only going to get three more chances before you were going to kick me out of the family, like, I, I couldn't argue with that, Lord. Because I don't deserve any of this grace. If you told me um, that, that if you just really struggle and you doubt me, that I'll just take it back. If, if, I mean, I, I couldn't even argue with that. But I want you to really listen to what unpacking, because this is what the New Testament is so much about. After the gospel, it's about unpacking the, the grace of Jesus. So just, just kind of just, just take this in with me. Verse 3, um, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. Now, remember what we talked about last week? We can't separate the grace we receive from, from Jesus. It, it, just, it just always comes through Him. For He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before Him. He predestined us to be, here's the first one, of, of, of what this looks like. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself. Okay, so, so what we're also going to have on the screen this morning is, is, is saving grace means in Christ we, and then we're going to list some stuff, and these notes will be on the screen, okay? So it'll, it'll kind of come up on the side of the screen. So the first thing that this really means, this really tells us is, is saving grace means in Christ we are adopted. Now, I... Had, I grew up in, for a big part of my life in a, a home that was divorced, um, but I was always with my parents. I, I personally have, have never been adopted outside of my relationship with the Lord, and I have never adopted. But, but when we think about just this term from a simple perspective, you don't have to have walked that path in life to understand that adopted means you, were, you, were, you weren't in the family at birth. And, and even culturally, for, for when, when, when this is being written, um, Paul understands that, that, that adoption in this culture was so significant because you could have been born in the family, but, but if you chose to leave the family, if you messed up bad enough, they could basically just boot you out of the family. But if you were legally adopted, no matter what you did for the rest of your life, you could never be removed from the protection and being a part of that family. And, and this doesn't start with notice. That we, we don't start with language of just forgiveness of sin and, and, and eternity in heaven. We start, and, and, and as the Holy Spirit inspires Paul, we start with this idea of adoption. That in, in saving grace brings us into a family. And what does that family mean? It means that we have evidence of this room, brothers and sisters in Christ to live life with. That's the beauty of, of, of right now I get to be in this D-Life group on Thursday night. It's the beauty of that D-Life group that we are not, we're, we're not um, pastor and other, we, we are brothers and sisters in Christ coming together to say this is what God's word is helping me with in my life and sharing with that and growing together. But we also have, as adopted children, a new heavenly father that is perfect. Man, and, and if you don't have kids yet or if you've never had kids um, th there, is some, there is something unique about just um, either having your own children or working with kids and working with students to where when, when, when you just see your own failure, it just, does it not just make you appreciate the Heavenly Father that we have, this perfect parent that we have in Father God, that we can go to and pray and He's always there, He's always listening. And, and that adoption 
is, is secure. It's, 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 we're not living in risk. If we're truly saved, we're not living in risk of being booted out of the family for whatever we do that, that doesn't match what the family stands for. We are adopted in to the family of God through Christ Jesus. And then we're adopted as sons through Christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will. That, that meant he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't take us in and, and just look at our sin and go, like it, just, it frustrates me that I have to help you right now. It, it was his good pleasure and purpose to accomplish this. And it says that this is to the praise of the glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. So, so consider this language. When he talks about he lavished this on us, the, how, does, how does God want to, to give us grace? He doesn't want to just kind of give us a spoonful of it. He, he doesn't want to just kind of hand it to us and then just walk away because he's busy with other people. He wants it to be an intimate receiving. He wants to just love on us as he gives us grace. For, for us to be able to really dive into his word and pray and seek him and, and just expose the problems of our life, um, whether that problem is just sin or, or a struggle we're having, the, the grace of God wants to come to us in a loving way that just allows us to realize the identity that we have as children of God, that a perfect father is the one that's giving it to us. And, and for that purpose, it specifically says here, to the praise. So, so we, we, saving grace means in Christ, we are adopted, but it also means that we have a reason to worship. We have a reason to worship. We have a reason to worship Jesus because of who he is and what he's done for us. Like, I don't have to have a good week or a bad week to muster up a new list of reasons to praise the Lord. In my conversations, in the songs that I sing in this room and outside this room, it, I mean, just saving grace alone, if, if, if we receive nothing else in life, is enough to always be praising God for. Because it changes, we've already seen, immediately it changes our identity. In Him, we have, here's this word, redemption. In Him, we have redemption. Redemption means that we're released from bondage. So I want you to notice kind of how this is pieced together because this is not just Paul writing a good letter. This is really God's Spirit. This is Jesus living in Paul just like the Holy Spirit lives in us. This is, this is the Holy Spirit really authoring this through Paul's writing. Notice how it's phrased. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. So, so we are not just forgiven of sin, but we're released from the bondage of it. Remember the, the, the statement about us in, in chapter 2? What did it say? That we were dead in trespasses. In other words, we had sinned, but then we just have a tendency to sin, to just, to just find ourselves on that path. We're forgiven from the specific sins, but then we're also released from its bondage, its hold on us. In other words, and we're going to talk about this just for a moment at the end of this message, there is nothing, there is, and I have to say this out loud sometimes because there, there are, I could probably give about three specific sins that over my life as a saved person I've struggled with. And each of those sins, sometimes I have to remind myself, Derek, there is nothing that is requiring you to do that. You're choosing. Because you were released, man, right, to the glory of God. I was released from the bondage of that. It has no hold on me. 
And I'm forgiven for the, from the acts that I had already done. But, 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 but I, I go back to it. But that's not who I am in Christ. That's not saving grace. So this is the kind of grace that I need to now really take in and understand. That's what we're talking about. We need to take it in and understand it so then we can go let it have its full effect in our life. So we, 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 are, we are adopted. We have, um, we have a reason to, to worship. We have redemption. And, and the language there talks about that, it's, that it's, it's firmly complete and done. We have redemption and we are forgiven. We are forgiven. And, and many times I think that's one of the biggest hurdles for us in living in God's grace. We, we, we know that we're forgiven, but, but it, is, it, is it not sometimes hard to forgive yourself? Is it not hard sometimes just to let go of the things that we seem to be tempted to feel guilty over or we beat ourselves up over? But isn't it, doesn't it sound so clear that this is not who we are in the grace of Jesus? This is not the life that he's calling us to live? And, 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 I, and, I, and I really appreciate this because to me, this is enough of a struggle to really be able to understand and live over. And, and, and I almost pause here going, man, how am I ever going to really get this and live this out right? says, we're forgiven of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. So already, we, we, we are adopted. We have a reason to worship. We have redemption. We are forgiven, and, and at that point, it's like almost God pauses and goes, this is going to blow your mind. Like, you're just not going to get this. Um, there's a thing that I, I, I told a couple um, about yesterday. We, had, we were at a birthday party together, and, um, and I, I told um, them something that I always like to share. I can't take credit for it. I always give my wife credit for it. Um, sometimes you'll see um, us at a birthday party, and when people have cupcakes, you know when you get a cupcake, Birthday party cupcakes, there's always like that huge blob of icing on top. So every kid that eats it, they end up with just like blue and orange nose, all this stuff. I'm at, I'm, we're at a birthday party one time, and I'm sitting beside Wendy. And, you know, we, everybody's there passing around cupcakes. And Wendy gets this cupcake, and, and she just takes it, and she puts her hands on it like this and just twists it. I'm like, what is she doing? She takes the bottom of it and drops it on top and just bites it. Blew my mind. Changed everything that I saw in color for the first time in life, right? Like it just, I was like, that just solved every bit of cupcake problem that ever existed, right? Like just blew my mind. It's just so simple. But, but I think that in this moment, this is God just kind of twisting the cupcake for us. He goes, you know what, listen, th th these things, um, you can read over them and you'll probably miss them, but these things are so significant. I also want you to know I'm giving you wisdom and knowledge to be able to understand these and process these. So please, if you know that you're saved and you look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know what, I just can't understand, God, what you're doing. I, I, just, I just can't figure out the grace that you're trying to give me. I don't know what to do with it. That's, that's, that's a lie. That is a lie because in saving grace, he gives us this wisdom and understanding to be able to grow and develop inside of us to really be able to take all this in. Says he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth in him. In him we have also received an inheritance, 
because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will, so that we who have already put our hope in Christ might bring praise to his glory. It, it, I mean, Paul here just jumps way to the future. This next thing on the list that, 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 that pops up is, is that we also have an eternal future. Paul's talking about all this stuff that seems like it's, 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 it's taking care of my past, it's, it's addressing the present, and then he jumps in and reminds us that salvation doesn't just cover our past um, and, and, and help us in our present. It's, it's all about our future. It, it, it uses the word inheritance. It talks about um, that, that everything is going to be brought together in heaven and on earth in Christ. Saving grace is everything I need for, for, from the sin from my past. It's everything I need to get me through life right now. But it's ultimately going to be completed in eternity in heaven. Yes, is it right to look at saving grace as fire insurance? No, it's unhealthy. But, but does it keep us from going to hell and take us to heaven? Yes, it does. That, that's undeniable. And Paul doesn't, he, he doesn't want to be bashful about that. And, and, and it's difficult to, to, to go through a season where, where someone passes away and, and wonder and have questions. Especially when we know the reality is that that is addressed in Christ. It is addressed in Christ. And here's the last one. And this really rolls back to our present and carries over all the way into the future. Verse 13. In Him you also were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. With the promised Holy Spirit. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed, the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance unto the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. The last thing is that in salvation, saving grace means in Christ that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, um, it doesn't take long once you start kind of getting to the age where you're buying your own food um, to realize you, you can't just fix food, um, leave it on a dish, and leave it out overnight, and it be fresh the next day, right? Um, even if you just put it in the refrigerator, if it's not covered and sealed in something, it has a very short lifespan, okay? And, and for people that don't really see themselves and they don't really, they don't really trust in this, this doctrine of the, that in salvation we are sealed in Christ, they are going to live a life in fear of losing that relationship with Jesus Christ. But the Bible is very specific about, not, and, and even really it, here, it talks here about when we receive the Holy Spirit. It addresses that question here. But it says that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. In other words, um, from the moment we're saved, there cannot be an internal attack by Satan. Um, when, when you read Scripture, if, you, if, if you've looked at the world culture, if you see the evidence of, of Satan's attack, because Paul does address it in Ephesians, and, and you've heard of this thing called possession, when, when we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, we, we as believers cannot be possessed by a demon. Because... That has, has been completely consumed by God. He owns that property. But it's also sealed to protect, to preserve through all of life and into glory, into heaven, into eternity. Man, this, this is saving grace. Man, is, is, I, mean, just, do you, I mean, do you hear? Could you, could you just put that whole list up just one more time on that slide? I don't get to really see these screens, so I'm not sure kind of how these have all been on here. But just before we kind of jump to this last thing, just just catch this list that saving grace means. We want to talk about exceed expectation because there's a lot of times that maybe you've been in church and it's just like, okay, if you don't know God, here's how you can know him. Pray this prayer. 
you could be saved. Or, or, or you just heard, you've heard somebody talk about what, it, what you know, they just kind of claim, I'm a Christian. And it, and it seems like a label. It seems like something that um, maybe began long ago or it, it maybe seems simple or so insignificant. Consider the depth of this list, right? That we belong to a, we belong, just, just that word alone is a, it will, it, it's, it's, it's windy with a cupcake, right? I mean, it like, it will blow your mind. That everything you never had access to, you now belong with a perfect heavenly father and a family around you on this planet to grow in and live in and be safe and be secure in. And, and it's not at risk. If you belong to Jesus you, and, and, and your salvation, your, your belief and trust is in Christ and Him alone, not in works, but in Christ, then, then that's something you keep. You don't live in fear. We have a reason to worship that, that the affection of our heart, the emotions of, of us, can rightly be directed towards who ultimately deserves it. We have been released from bondage. There, there is no reason that we go back to sin. We've been released from that control and forgiven. Man, like, we, like when we couldn't say I'm sorry enough or the right way, the forgiveness of God came to us and met us. Our mind has been opened with wisdom and understanding to be able to live this life and understand the purposes of God so that as we grow and mature, just like an infant grows to a toddler and grows to a young child that then starts elementary school and ultimately graduates and then goes on to a career, as we know that humans' mind grow, our spiritual mind can grow and understand all those things and have them applied in our life. We have an eternal future. We don't have to worry and fear death because of the home that we have in eternity. And all of that is not at the risk of loss. It is sealed. And, and, and this, is, this is how I love the, the, the way that God seals. Um, he, he, I make lunches every day at my house. And, and, I, and I drop food inside. And, and I'm the one that seals it. But, but so I just I, I do what you do as, as, as parents. You, you grab one side of the Ziploc and what do you do? Run it across, right? It's sealed. But I'm the one that's sealing it. When we're sealed, God steps inside of us and seals it from the inside. Because he's not going anywhere. He's not just sending us off. He's going with us. Like This is saving grace, right? This is amazing. So just look at that list. Just take that in for a moment. Because I want to I end with something, okay? A couple of verses from Romans chapter 6. Because I think this is such an important way for us to be able to not just say, okay, what is the grace I've received? But, but, but I, wanna, I, wanna, I want us to, to be able to leave here with one specific way that we can take that grace and have it exceed expectations. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've often heard conversations, and I, I think I've probably plenty of times been guilty of saying it myself. Um, when we talk about... Um, we even talk about ourselves as Christians. What do we say? You know, I'm not perfect. Or, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, you're just going to struggle. And we kind of almost invite it into our lives as a kind of precursor to what my excuses might be later. If I say, well, you know, I'm not perfect, then that kind of gives me the out to go and act like myself. But, but consider these few verses, because Romans 6, I'm not going to read all of it, but it's I mean, I, I want to encourage you to go back and read um, what's between 
the few verses that I'm going to read, okay? I'm going to read verses 1 and 2, then 15, because it, it basically um, reconfirms itself a couple times in this section of Scripture. It says, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? That word multiply there means, um, just think of, and I'll talk about this in just a second, think of it as stretching, okay? Should we continue in sin that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Romans 6 then talks about what does it really mean to be alive in Christ, dead to sin but alive in Christ. And it comes back and says this in verse 15. What then? Kind of sounds like I'm talking to one of my sons, right? What then? What then should we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Absolutely not. So it gives a couple perspectives. Um, this, is a, uh, this is a blanket that a few years ago my mom made for one of my sons. Um, my oldest son has always loved tractors. I don't, um, well, I'm not, we're not receiving any money from John Deere. just want to be clear about this when this goes out on the internet. Um, if they do want to send a contribution to the Get Together campaign, uh, please give online. Um, but this is a blanket that she made for one of my son, my oldest son, when he was, when he was a lot younger. Um, and we have tons of blankets like this around our house, um, several of them, because my boys used to be much smaller, smaller than this. You ever had that moment, especially if you, 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 if you raise kids and, and you know, they're tired, they've had either a rough day or they're just a little emotional, and, and they just kind of want a little bit extra time with you? You know, sometimes as we've raised our boys, they might even say, just even as boys, especially asking this of their mom, you know, would you just, maybe just maybe for a minute, would you just kind of lay here, let's talk? Would you cuddle with me? That was, that was the request from much younger back from my oldest son. Would you cuddle with me? And you know what drives you crazy? Because as, as parents, we, we take those moments and we love those, but what's the reality of that moment? I mean, we've had a long day, and I explained my tap-out philosophy last week. Got some, got some funny texts about that. Thank you for those. Um, sometimes I would go in and we would have a little bit of conversation. I'd lay down, but you know what happens? i get real tired. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, th their bed is really not that uncomfortable. Maybe I'll just close my eyes and pray for a moment. <laughs> and, and I grab a blanket that's on their bed. But you know what the problem is? I I'm not a large human being. But you try to cover up with something like this about this time of year, and what happens? You're good up here, but then your feet get cold. So then you kind of like grab it with the bottom of your toes and kind of pull it down, and then what happens? Now the top is cold. Now you want it up around your neck a little bit. So you're just wrestling this thing and you're trying to stretch it. But, but are you ever going to be comfortable? No. Because why? You're taking something that was a specific size and, 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 and you're wanting, like I did, you're wanting it to just, just fit what I need. And that's what that first verse is talking about in Romans 6. It, it's... Grace came to us in the right size, the right measure, for the right purposes. And if I choose the sin that I've been freed from the tendency of and forgiven of the patterns of in the past, if I choose to go back to it, number one, please don't make a mistake, in salvation, the saving grace doesn't mean that, I'm, that I'm, I don't need to come to the Lord for the sins that, I'm, that I committed this morning. Because the beginning of that relationship is really what, that, what Paul's talking about right here. That forgiveness is always there. It's sure, but I'm supposed to come with a heart of repentance. But a heart of repentance is not one that says, you know, I'm probably going to choose this tomorrow too, but I sure would like forgiveness today. 
The Lord would say that, listen, I, I, I've given you the right amount. Man, let, let it work in your soul and let it free you and don't go back to it and, and, and you'll be able to rest in what you have. As a, don't, don't try to stretch my grace. It's not that God is going to turn us away and, 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 and withhold forgiveness. That's a forgiving, loving Father that we have. But, but it's supposed to be us that comes to Him with repentance. In other words, I'm not coming with a game plan of going back to it potentially, but I'm coming to Him going, I want to turn and go the other direction from this. He says, don't stretch it. And, 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 and in verse 15, it, it's just another phrasing of the same kind of reminder. It, it, it's where the Lord says, listen, Yes, you don't have all these rules to live by. You, you, you now can really have some freedom to know that you, are, you, you do live in grace and you do live in that protection and that provision. But, but don't, 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 don't abuse that. Like, Don't just say, oh good, the Lord's forgiven so I can get by. Because that's tempting. Because what happens? We can both have confidence in our salvation. I've done this. Then I've chosen to sin. And then at the end of that day, nothing really bad happened. There wasn't anything that just rained down that just said, oh man, I'm scared now. I, I'm never going to do that again. And I've mistaken the goodness, the overflow goodness of God on this planet for grace that I could stretch. And say, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to pull it this way and let it cover me again and again and again. Grace is greater than all of our sin. Because it frees us from it. And it forgives us. In this, and really from the perspective of its consequences. But I'm abusing grace if I try to stretch it. And in fact, I think our author here would argue that trying to stretch it that way, that's not grace at all. That's actually abuse. So what do we do? We, we, we follow the pattern. We let it sink into our mind, form our identity, and then let the grace not just live in us, but practically live out of us. And in the past few months, and, and probably some extra time because I've been studying grace for a while, and, and grace will kind of turn your head and your world up on its end a little bit, but, but I've really had to look at my life and, and just be honest with the Lord, and the Lord showed me some, some specific things in my life that He's just said, you've chosen to keep going back to this. And I've really had to just repent over some things and really pray and seek Him on some things and ask Him to help me see why I keep going back to it. Because otherwise, that pattern is just not going to get broken. I mean, I, I'll be straight with you. I even came to a point and said, okay, if, if this is not grace, Lord, I, I, if this is not grace, if I'm just abusing what you say grace is, I, I came to Him I said, Lord, I, I want to I confirm in me your salvation. I want to read your word and I want to know that yes, I am saved so, so that, I, that my relationship with you can, can be right. I'm not telling you to question your salvation, but, but I'm, I'm saying that, that, that if we kind of casually seek the Lord, but we regularly choose sin, we, we must examine ourselves. We must. Because saving grace is greater than that lifestyle. It is. It is. 
Would you bow your heads just for a moment? In this passage, um, I just really, my my prayer is that you really um, don't hear this as, man, I just, I feel like a failure right now. I, I want you to hear Ephesians 2 into Ephesians 1 as, as if that's, if you know that you're saved, yes, we all started out dead in those sins and trespasses, but, but you now have heard, what does it mean to be alive in Christ? And all those things on that list aren't hopefully true about you if you're saved. If you're saved, they all are true about you. Regardless of how you may feel about yourself, that is the truth of God's word for you this morning. So let that really grow roots into you and really dig deep into your soul so then now what can come out is maybe a new set of decisions, choices, and conversations that you've ever experienced, you've ever seen from yourself. Now after this week, we're going we're gonna to go into some specific areas that, that now are um, meant to be freeing because of saving grace. But this week, I am so grateful that together we got a chance to really walk in the ground of saving grace. So I want to offer this to you. If, you. if you're not sure that you have a relationship with Jesus, within the text even that we've read this morning and, and verses around it that we may not have been able to cover, It's so very clear that salvation comes not from what we can do, but salvation comes from believing and trusting in Jesus Christ. And man, we desperately would love to have a conversation with this morning about how you can begin that relationship today and know that that list is now your identity and your story. So I want to invite you while this next song goes on to come up to the front to begin that conversation, to find me or someone else after the service. But but please don't leave here with that question in mind when that question can be resolved if you do know that you're saved this morning please take that list remember that list let that list be peace and grace for you this week and when the moment of decision comes up that we could choose sin again let's live in the freedom of what we've been released for Let's realize that that we have all the grace that we need. It it is not for us to try to stretch it and make make, make me feel better about myself, but it's to walk in in in, in the measure that God's given it to me. But but I do want to tell you this, because I, I would be inaccurate to God's truth if I didn't say this. But if you do falter, if you do fail, trust that His saving grace will work in your soul, that the forgiveness that you seek will be found. Don't think that your loving Father is going to turn His back on you this week. Never have, never will. God, thank You so much for Your love and Your grace, Lord, that we've talked about this morning. Lord, shower us with with truth and with knowledge and understanding. Help us, Lord, in the depths of our souls to realize, God, that Your your grace, saving grace, yes, it's greater than hell, the, the, the bind of sin. But God, it's so much more than that. It exceeds so many more expectations. So God, help us to just be grounded in that, walk in that, and let that consume every thought and conversation and action of ours this week. Lord, help us to be obedient now as we pray for our church family, for the needs of our heart, for everything that you've revealed to us about ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
Amen. Would you stand to your feet as Dale comes and the praise team comes and leads us in this last song of worship?